You're listening to the Passionate Pursuit Podcast, a podcast that inspires followers of Christ to live out their faith in a meaningful way and to engage in the conversation. My name is Alex Yoder, and I'm joined here every week with my co-host, Casey Reinard. And each week, we discuss what it means in this culture to grow, to learn, and how to leave an impact. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Passionate Pursuit Podcast, guys. I'm so excited this week because not only am I joined by my very, very, very favorite co-host, Casey, we also have a special guest who I'm going to allow Casey to introduce here in a minute. But I just want to say, if you remember last week, we were talking about the topic of worship and we, we, I had mentioned in that podcast that we were kind of going to go down that lane. We were going to kind of talk about worship a little bit, and and this is kind of the gateway to that. And we felt like, what better way to start talking about worship on the podcast than have our own worship pastor? So, Casey, I'm going to kick it over to you, and I'm going to let you introduce the man himself. Yeah, no, it's so good to be back. I've been MI, not MIA. You've known where I've been, kind of. I have. They <laughs> you haven't. So, just things got. A little crazy, a little stressful. Uh, work stuff, family stuff. Everyone's fine. No worries there. Uh, but glad to be back. Glad to be doing this. And we're just in a new location. No, no blanket fort studio. No passionate pursuit studio today. We are uh, in our church actually in our worship pastor's office with his uh, green carpet and awesome decorations. Straight out of 1999. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess that's kind of our, where I've been, but I'll be back. There was no trial separation. We're, we're here and um, really excited to do this. So like Alex said, we are going to be kind of digging into worship and more the – do you want to say the – I don't want to say like the church-style worship, but but kind of that uh, more from like a musical, theological perspective um, and also how that kind of – follows us throughout our weeks right yeah absolutely i think that's kind of the route we wanted Mm -hmm. to go with this was you know worship is a broader term than just singing but singing is a form of worship it's what we do every sunday at church and Mm -hmm. um we, we knew that having our own worship pastor get on the show and talk to us about these things would really be insightful for us and for our listeners and so last week we kind of talked about more the 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 worship outside of singing this week we're going to talk about the worship that does include singing yeah yeah and i, I think i think it's that part that some people have misconceptions on what that really looks like if you're if you're i, I don't kind of like a if you're not a regular church attender uh, and you kind of see that stereotypical hymns, uh, gospel choir, like none of that's bad. Like that has its place for sure. But you know, different churches have different styles and frankly we like ours. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're kind of going to dig into that, but uh, so you have to say that though. I do. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. Right you're right <laughs> um, so yeah, we would just kind of want to introduce Corby and uh, Hey man, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Welcome. Thanks for having Welcome. me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. Sure. We're we're stoked to do this and uh we have we have some questions, but we kinda as we've been doing the past few weeks, we just want to make it more conversational and just kinda see where let the conversation take us. Yeah, I don't I don't think we do our listeners any justice if we try to like make it a real strict outline. So as I think as we jump in, the first thing I want to let you do is just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got sure. into being worship pastor. Uh, well, I'm Corby LaCroix. Um, I, I'm the worship pastor here at Northwest. Coming up on five years. Hey, that's awesome. Man. So on November the 17th, I guess, technically, just in a couple of months. That has flown by. The five-year mark. Yeah, yeah. Originally from North Texas. Uh, we moved here about five years ago from a little suburb of Dallas, Texas, 
And uh, I, I led worship there in Texas. Um, I went on staff as, as a worship pastor in 2008. So I'm right at about 10 years, uh, I, I guess, yeah, at the end of this month, beginning of October, we'll, we'll mark 10 years of being in full-time worship ministry. That's incredible. As a, a worship pastor. Yeah. Before that, I led worship um, on a volunteer basis at the church that I attended for 13 years there in uh, North Texas. Um, so, yeah, um, I was on was on staff at, at, at a Bible church uh, just south of Dallas for about five years. Um, the last two of those years, um, Carrie and I really recognizing the call in our lives to to look elsewhere for a lot of different reasons, but um, just started looking and went through seasons of looking hard and kind of laying back and waiting and listening and looking hard and then <laughs> hanging back. Yeah. Uh, and then through a series of events, we we found uh, Northwest and moved here and so been here about five years. And um, Yeah, so that's, that's the short and condensed version of sort of what brought us here to Columbus. Yeah, yeah. and did you... Did you always? That's the chair, by the way. Oh, is that, is that the chair? I'm not, I'm not making weird noises out here. Just make sure your 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 uh, listening audience doesn't That's get good. weirded out. I would never do that in front of you guys. No, we know Actually, that. I probably would. Yeah, in anyway, this setting, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, um, the doors open. I don't want to take this conversation where it's not supposed to go. It, it can go wherever it needs to go. <laughs> so I, I was curious because um, you said you've been a worship pastor for about ten years now. Um, yeah, ten years. And we'll throw you a party, but act surprised. Hey, I, and, I will do that. <laughs> and I guess I'm curious, like, when did music in general start for you? Like, had, had, were you, like, do you have home videos of you playing a guitar, like, when you are two? Or uh, So I didn't start playing guitar until uh, the summer before my senior year in high school. Oh. So I was 17 when I started playing guitar. But I've been singing as far back as I can remember. Yeah? Yeah. It's been... I've always sung. Mm. Um, I, I played a little bit of piano when I was young. I think a lot of kids did. You know, your mom makes you take piano. Cool. Cool. Um, but uh, I didn't start playing guitar until until a lot later than most guys start guitar. I come to find out. You know, most guys have been playing since they were four. You know. Yeah. yeah right. And uh, but yeah, so um, guitar didn't enter the picture until much later. But music has always been. My voice has always been my first instrument and my really my first love, musically speaking. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. So when you say that you've been singing forever, yeah, I don't think it's abnormal for most kids like who go to like small churches or anything to sing. Is that where you started singing? Was in church or was this in a different setting? Not in church at all. Um, I grew up in the Catholic Church. Okay. Um, not that you didn't sing in Catholic Church, but um, I just it. It was church wasn't something that I ever, when I was a kid, uh, recognized as being a place where I could be used. That that just wasn't how I was raised. Um, um, you know, we just it, we just went because it was what you were supposed to do, yeah. and we sat there for forty five minutes, and then we went home. And yeah. it was never there was never a talk around my house of hey, let's get involved in the church and, Oh, Hey, you're, you like to sing. Well, you know, uh, I was never in any children's choirs or anything like that. Um, it was just around the house. Uh, I loved listening to music with my dad and yeah. So I just, I sang around the house. Wow. Um, yeah, that was, and, and I, and I was involved in 
uh, plays and musicals in school. Sure. I, I would I would sing lead roles and and plays and musicals at school, but um, but that was the extent of it. So, at what point did you know you decide you wanted to be a worship pastor? Mm. What was that decision um, like? That that was a process for me. Um, well, to talk about that, I would have to talk about the the, the music background leading up to that mm-hmm. for that to make sense. I I can launch into that if you guys want. Hey, um, I don't know if, if we're if we're getting off into the weeds by doing that. No, that's or, that's out of order. That's or anything great. Like that. Yeah. As long as you're, uh, as long as you're good. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll try and make it nice and succinct. Yeah. Um, I I grew up listening to all kinds of music. Um, I mean, everything from Sinatra and Tony Bennett to um, country music to uh, like instrumental piano music. My dad liked Gershwin and a lot of stuff like that. Um, and, uh, gosh, we, we would listen to, to Christian music. Uh, when, when Christian radio kind of first started getting traction in the 80s, uh, and there were like seven or eight songs total <laughs> that it? on loop. Yeah. And, like, and this was back in the Amy Grant and Phil Driscoll and just those early days. Um my dad would be working on something in the garage playing that, or we'd, we'd listen to classic rock. I mean, we'd listen to Motown stuff. I loved Michael Jackson growing up, the Jackson five. Like I was all over the map as far as what musically stylistically. And I still am like that. I, I like to listen to a lot of different type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I, I listen to stuff that, would probably surprise a lot of people, but, um, but I, I, my, my, as I grew up through my teenage years and as I started playing guitar, like I said, when I was about 17, I was going in my senior year, I was too white to play basketball at that time. I knew that I didn't have a future there. I loved basketball, but it just wasn't going to happen for me. I could dunk though. I could dunk. How tall are you? I'm six one. Okay, yeah. yeah. I could dunk two hands in high school. That's impressive. (laughs) That's the only. uh, I could shoot. I could shoot the three a little bit. But anyways, this is not about my basketball (laughs) career or lack thereof. Um, but I started gravitating towards country music, and I found that when I play, I was learning to play guitar, and I was trying to develop stylistically what I what I love musically country just came out blues a little bit but really country and that's what and so I started to just really dig into country music and I'd grown up with it but I'd never really thought about you know that, that that's my really my where my love is musically um until I got through my senior year and started thinking about where to go to college and I could make a long story even longer by explaining how I got to the college where I got to. But basically the short story is my wife went to Baylor. We were, we were dating at the time. Um, we, I, I started dating my wife when I was 17 as well. Uh-huh. Um, so she went to Baylor. I couldn't afford Baylor. And the only other game in town was McClendon community college. So that's where I went <laughs> All right. and, um, hated it the first year. Uh, and then all of a sudden 
um, found myself in year two at MCC finding out that they've got this music program that I had no idea they had. Uh, and long story short, or long story even longer, depending on how you look at it, uh, I ended up starting this associate's degree plan, this two-year degree plan at MCC, majoring in what they called commercial music. It turns out it was only one, one other program in the state that offered this type of program, this type of degree focus. And it was basically, it's called commercial music because basically the whole thing was for people who want to make it in the music business, popular music. And so you would study copyright and management and songwriting and you'd go through ear training and audio recording classes and all the stuff um, to, uh, you know, booking agencies and talent and all this kind of stuff. And so I went through this, this program, um, and I took the performance route. You could either go the audio tech route or the performance route. And I took the performance route and start, and started realizing that I was, I, I was kind of a good country singer. And I, it was, and so I, I formed a band with some of my classmates and we started playing and stuff started happening. And it was like, mm. started happening. Mm. And we found ourselves playing clubs and festivals and opening up for national acts and I'm kind of ripping through this but it was just really I found myself with a management agency and a couple of booking agencies and we were we were going yeah you just weren't singing at the local watering hole on a Friday night you guys right. were actually now, we did plenty of that right but we were also um like we we were winning contests and stuff wow like playing festivals and it was just it was crazy and mm-hmm. recording demos and we were like okay like I started to realize that not only did I really have a passion for country music, like I wanted to do it with my life. Yeah. And so we chased that. And for four or five years, we were playing anywhere they would let us in the door. Um, and we were kind of for that time and for that area, we were kind of making a little name for ourselves. And I was making a name for myself mm-hmm. because the band was Corby LaCroix and Cutting Loose, you know. <laughs> okay, but, um, there it is. And there's the t-shirt right there. That's I the was, first t-shirt right there. I saw it up there. That was the, the badge logo that we... That um, is awesome. Anyways, um, so that, yeah. Um, so we just, yeah, I, I'm popping around the story here, but we were, we were in a club one night, sound checking like we always did, and... I, it was just one of those signpost moments in your life when the Lord really darn near audibly spoke to you. <laughs> like you, there's times in your life when you just know that you know that the Lord is dealing with you in a very mm-hmm. specific way. So you are saved at this time. I'm saved at this time. I had been saved since I was 13. Oh, okay. So I, the whole time I'm in, in my whole. I'm glad you brought that up because the whole time. You know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I said I grew up in the Catholic Church. There's a whole other story on how I got out of that um, and into the truth. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I got saved at 13 after going to a camp uh, in Arkansas. And so this is fast forward. I'm, I'm a Christian now for, let's see, uh, when the band was really rolling, I was 20, 21, 22. So, like you seven, know, eight years. Yeah nine maybe years of being a believer so i my whole thing was you know what i'm going to be a light in a dark place yeah and 
I know what um, you're saying. You, you know, I can, I can be a Christian and a country star at the same time. Mm-hmm. Other guys do that. I can do that. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't really feel guilty about that. I just, this is what I'm good at, and the Lord wants me to do what I'm good at. So mm-hmm. that was my reasoning. And yeah. so I'm in a club one night in Richardson, Texas, W.W. Fairfields. I'll never forget it because I'm standing there, and I'm in the middle of a song, and all of a sudden, it's like the lights went out. And I was like, I'm done with this. Yeah. I'm done pursuing this. I'm, I'm done with this. This I'm not going to do this with my life. And, I, and then I kind of said to myself, what? <laughs> and then wow. I answered myself, yeah, this is it. <laughs> I don't mm. want to do this anymore. It was, I can't really explain to you guys. It's like it was that just, sudden. Like- it was just like, bam. Mm-hmm. And it was like a ton of bricks. And I looked out at the club that had, didn't have anybody in it yet. And I thought, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds weird, but the Lord was dealing with me and just turned the lights out on me. Um, and so that's that was when everything shifted. It wasn't like at that moment I said, I'm going to go into pastoral ministry. I'm going to go into Christian music. I'm going I'm to do... I didn't even really know what to make of it at the time. I just knew that where I was wasn't was I was supposed to, wasn't where I was supposed to be. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, at, at that point, I, you know, let all of our dates play out and didn't renew contracts and and um, played out the remaining dates on the calendar and that was it. And my band thought I was insane. And, I bet. Uh, now, were but, they Christians? Um. At the time, I mean, my keyboard player was, and still is, a devout Catholic. Um, I would say that a few a few of the guys that I played with through the years maybe were, but they weren't really living it out. Yeah. Uh, but mostly no. Mostly no. I mean, I can, I can think through, we had several different drummers through the years, and I can think through each of those, and maybe one of the five guys that I had drummed with me throughout that time were, but it just wasn't really, I mean, they knew I was, um, but it just wasn't a big focal point in our group. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's not what, that's not what we were there for. We were there to play as much music as we could Mm -hmm. and get as famous as we could. Yeah. That was the goal. So at this point, you're kind of saying goodbye to that I'm life. Saying goodbye to that, but you're not it, saying goodbye to music. No, because well, I did for a couple of years. I put the guitar down. And I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing musically um, until we visited a church, uh, and and it just I started seeing, yeah, maybe maybe I should start this back up again, and I could I could play in church, and um, so yeah, um, that was that was kind of how that started, and then we kind of left that church and I found myself at Midlothian Bible Church which is where I ended up being worship pastor uh, but um, for eight years at NBC I um, observed and then started asking questions of the then worship guy and started kind of dabbling in it sitting in on a Sunday every now and then and it just kind of grew from there as right. I kind of watched and learned and Kind of saw what it was all about, mm-hmm. and, and then it just grew from there. And then fast forward to two thousand eight, and here you are, 
there I, there I was. Yeah. yeah. Um, they just, yeah, the guy uh, retired and sort of resigned. And for about a year, year and a half, they, you know, I guess he resigned in 06. And then for a good year and a half, they began the process of trying to find who his replacement was going to be. And long story short, I ended up filling that position. And hmm. I left out a lot of details, but. No, but I think you did a good job really explaining the turning point. And I yeah. think that's what's most important. And last week, um, we were talking about Genesis 22 when God asks or tells Abraham to go and sacrifice it's Isaac. the first mention of the word worship in the Bible. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and each week, uh, we kind of come away with the pod, from the podcast with like a, a quote from the show that kind of encapsulates what we were talking about. We post that so people can kind of get the drift before they go listen to it. And we like post that on our social media. Sure. And last week I said, the the intersection where sacrifice and obedience to God connect is the center of worship. And I kind of think that story right there where you talked about kind of just saying goodbye to your country music Mm -hmm. career, I think it fits so much into that statement because you knew God was pulling you in a different direction. But as you said earlier, that was, that's all you wanted to do. Yeah. Like that's all you saw in your future was country music and things were growing and yeah you know that that was kind of yeah. like your Isaac in life this was what you yeah. always wanted and now here it is it's being yeah. taken from you or at least you feel like God's telling you mm-hmm. it's time for that to go mm-hmm. yeah and I think part of it you know and it didn't really come into into better focus until a couple of months later because the interesting thing about that story is that I, you know, we finished that sound check I was telling you about. I called my manager and said, hey, this is going to sound really weird to you, but I'm finished with this. And I did a really stupid thing. I basically, I canceled. It was, it was the first night of a three-night gig at this particular club, and I bailed on the club owner. Mm-hmm. It was not smart. I should have, I mean, we, I said earlier that we played out the rest of the dates. We did um, after that gig. Um, I, we had several dates on the calendar. We played all those out, but I was just like, I was so confused by what just happened. I was just like, I, I can't sing tonight. And oh, by the way, I can't sing tomorrow night or the night after that. And I got yelled at in the club owner's office. He was very angry. He had to <laughs> scramble and find a band to come in and I don't blame him. But, yeah. um, but I called my manager. I said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And I don't really know how else to tell you, but that's, Lord's dealing with me. He was a believer, so he kind of understood the language. Okay. Um, And he was just as gracious as he could be. But at the time, Mm. we were, see, this is 19, this is like 2000. This is right around 2000, maybe 01. I can't remember exactly. I'm terrible just with chronological (laughs) stuff. Like it could have been. Yesterday, or it could have been last week. I don't know, but um, but yeah, I at the time, what you kind of did was you you would make a demo tape and you would shop that around to record labels. You don't really do that anymore. Just music is completely different. The way that artists get known and how they get signed, and it's not even necessary to get signed anymore. Yeah, you, know, you can just that that whole thing is is. It, that used to be a really big deal. Right. Like if you could get the major label backing, then you were on your way. You were on your way. Mm-hmm. So, um, but one way to do that was to approach the major labels with investments already in place. And so okay. that was how we were approaching it. And so 
he had packets out, and back then you did a physical, what was called a press kit, right? And you would have your photo, you'd have your, your dates and all the accolades that you'd received, if any, and then you would have your, you know, on any press that uh, had covered you, and, and you'd have all of your your audio, your demo tape, and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and we were shopping that around to different investors, trying to get a certain amount of money so that we could cut an album, rent the bus, hire the booking agencies that they wanted to use, and so that we could approach the major labels with, hey, we got a finished product here. It's polished, ready to go. All you got to do is repackage it. Boom, we're off. So that was the, that was the goal. And about, this was in, like, this was in December. By February, um, it was time for, for us to re- renew or not our management contract. And he called me up and he said, are you sure you... Are you sure that you don't want to renew because it's time? And I said, yeah, I'm sure. You're sure, you're sure you don't want to continue to do this? I said, yes, I'm sure. And he said, because i got to tell you that we made it. We got it. It's, we, we, have, we have achieved what we were wanting. We've, the money is in the bank. We found this Australian investor that he was oh – and, and the money was there. And he's like, all you have to do is change your mind. Yeah. And – it was it i i found myself on my knees in tears because i was so thankful yeah because it was just confirmation for me mm-hmm. not because i was not because i was unsure of what i was supposed to do or not because i was upset but because i was so thankful to the lord like mm-hmm. if that money had come in 2 months earlier there's no way i would have quit mm-hmm. there's no way wow and so um, or at least crazy. I don't think I would have, you know, <laughs> or I wouldn't have been able to hear the call, you know, like it would have just, I would have been like, oh, come on, but Lord, you let this happen. So how could you now be calling me out of it? You know, it's like the Lord used that to say, see, when you listen to my voice and you're obedient and you move when I tell you to move, then it's going to be, it's going to be according to my will and Amen. it's going to be fine. Absolutely. So it was just that, that was just like another turning point for me. Like it was confirmation for me. Like I was obedient to the Lord. I got out or I was still in the process of getting out at that point. We weren't done playing our dates yet, but I knew that. And, um, it was so, yeah, it was just like, okay, we did it, but I'm not going to do it. (laughs) You know? Um, so I said no. And, he contacted the guy and said, never mind. And the guy got his money back and, and, uh, we severed ties and that was it. Mm. Um, so, so that was, that was a weird slash awesome time, uh, in my life where, um, it was, it's one of the places that I can point to when I'm trying to explain to somebody, you know, like, how do you know when it's, when it's the Lord's will and how do you know when it's not and how do you know when it's just your will and it's not so yeah anyway so like I guess I'm curious because like fast forward um, you know a little more than 10 years from that point more than 10 years from that point and you are worship pastor of I'm going to say great church that's pretty biased but um, and I guess I'm curious and what because you mentioned earlier that you, and even now, your musical and your musical tastes are like across the board, mm-hmm. um, and and that they always have been. So I'm curious, like, yeah. does being a worship pastor does like worship music hold like a special 
plays like above those other genres for you now. Yeah, I think it does because um, I mean, I, music is a gift from the Lord, and um, I mean, we we can either use music to glorify Him or we can use music to slander him, mm-hmm. which happens. Yes, it does. Um, I don't appreciate music that slanders the Lord or his name, and I don't allow myself to listen to it. Um, but there's a lot of great music that isn't Christian music yeah. um, that that doesn't do that. And there's so nothing I, wrong I, with it, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't, I don't think so at all. But I, I would say that Sacred music, if you want to call that, and what makes it sacred? Well, it's 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 the words. Yeah, it's the words, and um, there's nothing sacred about a guitar. It's sacred about a piano. I'm pretty sure the disciples, when they were reclined around the table and they sang, they sang a hymn together before they went out to the Mount of Olives. I, I, I'm pretty sure that they didn't have a nine foot grand and a pipe <laughs> organ or something like that. Right? Like, or, you know, they, I'm just over there. Like, they sang, yeah, they. they Bible says when they had sung a hymn, mm. um, and that means Jesus sang. Yeah, and if Jesus sang, then I'm going to sing. Mm-hmm. I mean, God commands us to sing. I mean, he's he's pretty clear yeah. in his word uh, what he wants us to do with the musical ability that he's given us, and we see all through Scripture. I mean, the in in, in the early church, but even going back to ancient Israel about how music held a prominent place in temple worship and, 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 and how, how God's people responded to him and how they, how they lived their lives. Um, but so I, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just a different style nowadays. And it just keeps evolving and using the, the technologies and the, and, and the voices and the instruments that we have in today. But it, to answer your question, I, long-winded way i i would say that yeah it's it i i want to i want to listen to stuff that helps me remember the word of god and oh yeah i would say that that's probably well i'm gonna say the most but one of the most important reasons why we sing in church is because it, it there's a reason why you can hear a song that you haven't heard and 10 years and immediately recall the lyrics because when it's set to music you just you remember the words and like I think the Lord wants us to know his word and what better way to memorize his word than to set it to music and so that's why we sing right if we can set the word of God to music it helps us internalize and know the word of God in a different way and so that's that's a key reason why we have congregational worship Another reason would be because when the saints come together and they join their voices together and they're worshiping or ascribing to the Lord the glory that is due to only his name together, like something happens mm-hmm. when people get together and they sing together and they worship together. And, and I believe that the Lord delights in that. And um, stuff happens um, on a spiritual level when that happens. And... Um, we're supposed to experience that together, you know, like the Christian's not, the Christian life is not meant to be lived in a bubble. Yeah. Like, like if, if, if you don't find in scripture, I'm just, I mean, you find, yeah, you find Jesus retreating to go, to go pray alone with the father. Um, 
and we need those times to be alone with God. But I mean, the gospel is to be lived out and, and proclaimed to people. Yeah. And we're supposed to live in community. Like there's no other context uh, to be a believer in Christ and to be a, in, in, a, in a body of believers. And so that's what we're doing in there. Oh, yeah. On Sunday, we come together at the beginning of the week and like equip ourselves, drink deeply from the word, worship the Lord, bring our sacrifice of praise, because really worship is a sacrifice. It's humbling ourselves before a holy God. Like music is a part of that. Yeah. But you, it sounds like you guys have been touching on that already. Like what does worship look like in our daily lives and what, what does it mean to be a worshiper? Mm-hmm. Um, music is just a small part of that. But, um, you've kind of, you've kind of already said it, but I guess I just want to direct the question a little bit more pointedly. Sure. What do you think it, well, I already know what you think, but the significance in the church service of the, the worship, the worship portion where we're singing as a, as a community, as a congregation, what do you think the significance of that has to do with, you know, the eternal side of things where we're in eternity seeing holy, mm-hmm. holy is the Lord mm-hmm. God almighty. You know, you see yeah. that as the eternal setting, yeah. how we're worshiping God as a worship pastor. Do, do those things come to mind as you're preparing each week and the significance yeah. of, you know, yeah. your portion of the service? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It does. I mean, I, I know that that's what we were created to do. Um, we were, we were created by God for God. Oh yeah. And, um, and you you said it like when we get to heaven, uh, we're going to join a heavenly chorus, and we are going to be um, eternally with our heavenly Father mm-hmm. and with those who have come to know Him, place their faith in Christ. And so when we, I I can only I can only imagine what that's going to sound like, um, but. The, the cool thing is, is we don't have to wait. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to, I mean, we do have to, we don't know what it's going to be like, but but we can practice for it now. Amen, man. I love that. Like yeah. a little taste of, yeah. Yeah. A little taste. And of so it. that's why it's so cool when, um, you know, when you start to identify songs in your congregation that people tend to gravitate towards. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, over the last five years, we've, we've kind of, we've, uncovered some songs that seem to be more popular than others just and I don't have the formula for that but just you know there's there's a there's a handful or two of songs that every time we do them it just people seem to get a little louder mm-hmm. and that's really cool um, but just to uh, gosh just to just the privilege that it is to to have a, a holy God that knows us and recognizes our voice. I don't know if you guys ever thought about that, but like God recognizes your voice. Yeah, you call out to him, you know, like, I mean, if he knows the number of hairs on your head, he knows what your voice sounds like. Yeah. He created it. And That's he a good loves thought. to hear Alex say his name. Right. You know? Yeah. That's, and that's awesome. And when we do that together in there, it's, it's just a, a just a little foreshadowing of what it's going to be like hmm. on that glorious day. Yeah, I know. For me, you know, I 
I love that portion of the service because it just tears down walls from the week, you know. Mm-hmm. It primes the heart. It primes the soul for the, the receiving of the preaching of the word. Yeah. And I think that that part of the service is just so powerful, you know. It, yeah. it has the opportunity to really get your mind mm-hmm. focused in. Well, and I, I'm curious kind of to hear from both you guys really quick. I know we're kind of up against time or getting close to it, but That's um, all right. no rush. But I know that like – like we're talking about like corporate worship and I'm curious what you guys thoughts are on the, the place that like worship, um, the, the scenario that comes to mind is like when I'm driving to work, like mm-hmm. s- some days I'll play whatever I want. And some days it's Ren collective and mm-hmm. Lecrae, like somehow mixed mm-hmm. together. And, um, I'm curious like what you guys thoughts are on, on the place that corporate worship obviously has, but also the, the place that like worship in, in solitude, um, almost just like worship prayer, kind of that, that combination. Mm-hmm. What are you guys' thoughts are on that? Yeah, on my way here, I was just listening to like elevation worship, you know? Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> it's in those those times where it's just, you know, quiet and it's me in the truck where my, my song is so much more intertwined with prayer mm-hmm. versus the worship in, you know, the congregational setting where it's just a lot more just of tearing down those walls from the week and getting my mind you know, in the place where it needs to be mm-hmm. to receive the preaching of the word. Yeah. So, you know, and so that's what came to mind when you asked that question for me. I think they're both really necessary too, because when you're by yourself and you've got, you know, elevation, Rand collective, McCray, whatever play in, and you're, um, you know, and you are no doubt familiar with the lyrics of the songs because they're guys that you like and you follow. And, um, but it's helping you to, it's helping you to, in your, you know, that could be part of your devotional time. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't replace your time in the word. It's just a supplement, you know, because there is no replacing time in God's word. He doesn't supernaturally, uh, um, I I don't want to put him in a box. He can supernaturally do whatever he wants to do, (laughs) but there's, you see what I'm saying? There's something about the word of God. Right. That is unique. It's irreplaceable. It is irreplaceable. Yeah. Um, my time in the car listening to whatever doesn't replace it. My, my, my time in corporate worship doesn't replace it. But when, but the difference is, um, when we come together in congregational corporate worship, we get to hear each other sing. We get to sing to one another songs, hymns, and mm-hmm. spiritual songs. And so we get to feed off of one another, so to speak. Um, and, um, gosh, when you are, when you're hearing the, the voice of your neighbor, praise the Lord. It, 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 it triggers something inside of you. Like, I, want to, I want to join you. Let's mm-hmm. praise them together. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the Lord wants us to do that. Oh yeah. He calls us to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, especially yeah. when you have that guy or gal beside you who you can just tell is being moved by the music and yeah. you know, they either, they'll put their hand up or something. Yeah. You can just tell by their body language that it's doing something just more than just singing a mm-hmm. song. Yeah. You know, we need to see that as believers. We, yeah. we need to see the move of God on people's lives like mm-hmm. that. Even if it's just, putting their hand up and just know like, Hey man, that person's being energized mm-hmm. by, by the music and by the words. And I, I think that's a really good thing to point out too, because, and I'm not going to single out younger people cause I've been guilty of this myself, but my wife and I like attended churches before we found this church home mm-hmm. that worship was more of a concert experience where, mm-hmm. where, where you went and you experienced worship and you, it was, it's almost like when you go to a church and say, I didn't feel filled up Yeah. when that's not the church's responsibility. You know, like 
so for for us, what we noticed a lot was that there's just that concert mentality where people aren't participating in worship. Mm-hmm. It's happening around them, but they're not actively involved in it. And it's just, I guess I'm I'm curious. Like, do you see do you see much of that? Do you do you kind of deal with much of that? Or yeah, um, I think. Well, for one, I I want to stay as far away from that in there as I can. Yeah. Um, I think part of that is due to um, the rise in sort of the, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it, maybe the, the rock star Christian artist mentality, yeah. not mentality, but just the rise in popularity of touring Christian acts, yeah. um, putting on major shows to where that's essentially what you do is you go and you attend a concert. Now, if authentic worship is happening and people are being transformed by the gospel, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. But sometimes what happens is, is that model finds its way into churches on Sunday morning and, and churches are like, okay, well that's what's going to put people in the seats. Right. Right. And so that's what we want. And again, if that's, what's putting people in the seats and then they are having an opportunity to, to hear the gospel and be transformed, I mean, how could you, how could you argue with that? But um, I'm not so sure that that's always happening. And so, um, gosh, it's just so hard to speak to those things without pigeonholing people and sure, make, yeah. making general statements sure, about you know what what's happening in one place as opposed to another. Yeah. But I, yeah, it's you know I. I just, I think the way the way around that is to just make it clear every Sunday morning, when when we take that stage, why we're there, mm. um, and what it is that we're doing, and what it is that we're not doing, and and I I just I try to be a pastor in that in that way, like we're we're here for one purpose, and um. And so I just try not to um, to make it seem too much like a concert, I guess. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, and, and that that was kind of leading into the one of the other, one of the other questions I had was like your your official title is worship pastor, mm-hmm. right? So I was curious where where those two intersect really. I mean, when we walked in here. Uh, you said we're sitting on like the counseling, the counseling couch. couch. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I, so I'm, music, I'm curious. Yeah. Um, music is the. It's weird as the. 90% of the church sees me for a small amount of time on Sunday mornings doing one thing. Mm. Um, but it's, it's really a, I mean, it's, it's the main, it takes up most of my time in, in preparation for that in song selection and, um, working with pastor Harold and, and, and the rest of the staff and trying to make sure that I'm, that I'm doing songs and leading songs that are, are relevant to where we are and that are, 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 are singing and speaking the truth. Cause that's, cause there's a lot of stuff out there that doesn't. Yeah. And there's, you even have to look at, at where some of the music is originating from, um, and make sure that you're, that you're cool with supporting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to play their music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, there are, there are, 
there are things that I'm not going to do yeah. uh, up there um, if it comes out of certain places because I know what those places are are doing um, and we're not going to take part in that but mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah uh, it intersects every day uh, it's it, it, everything from um, hospital visitation um, that that's a big heart of mine I I, I find myself um, I don't say at my best but I just um, I just have a it's like it's natural for you right I just in, I not enjoy because that's terrible too I enjoy <laughs> being with hurting people <laughs> some no. morbid stuff is this <laughs> yeah, I just I, I just I, I find myself drawn to uh, people in the hospital people mm-hmm. who uh, it's 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 one of the reasons why um I'm pursuing chaplaincy in the Hilliard Police Department. I want to I want to team up with the department. I want to be a resource for the department for hurting people in the community. Because what happens is somebody endures some horrible tragedy or calamity, and the department ends up being the the law enforcement, the um, the legal counsel. Uh, the the spiritual guidance, uh, which they oftentimes aren't equipped to do, is no. not that's not their realm, and uh, and all the paperwork that comes with, and they they wear all these hats, and they need to be able to delegate delegate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, just to be an advocate for the department, and to, but but just care, pastoral care mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a heart for that, and I, but just premarital counseling, I find myself, um, you know, doing. A, handful of weddings a year and so counseling couples that are engaged and trying to help them prepare for marriage and not that I'm an expert but I've been married 20 years and sure. so I, close enough <laughs> I've got a couple of decades worth of experience yeah. further down the road than <laughs> yeah right yeah. Yeah. but um um so yeah it's um and just the, the community that I've built with my worship team just ties me to them and it, and it puts me in positions with them and their family mm. to be uh, a, a shepherd for them uh during hard times that they're going through or with questions that they have. Um, uh, I work closely with Velocity Student Ministries, and mm-hmm. so I'm not only the, the worship leader in that band as well, but I find myself mentoring those young musicians, mm-hmm. giving them opportunities to use what the Lord has given them, showing them how to play in a band, showing them how to sing together, what that looks like, how to lead um, um, and then I, I, I find myself in relationships with them to where I'm yeah. able to counsel them through teenage stuff because I got teenagers myself, mm-hmm. and, you know. And so I just I my job description is worship pastor, and we've already talked about what worship means. It's a lot of different. I mean, worship is our lifestyle. It's oh, our yeah. posture before a holy God. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a tangent, but I mean, it's when you think about it, like. I mean, in all of the places in God's Word where you see the word worship or you see the word worshipped, it's very seldom talking about music. I mean, you you pretty much have to go to the Psalms to really see worship set to music. I mean, I, in a in a concentrated area, sure, yeah. most of the time when people are worshiping the Lord, they are flat on their face. <laughs> they are. Yeah. And they fell and worshipped him, and they bowed down to worship him, and they bowed and they fell, and they and they, and they grabbed his feet, and they, mm-hmm. and 
they're on their faces. It's like surrendering them. everything. It's surrender. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so that needs to define our life before a holy God. Worship needs to show up in our lives in everything that we do. Mm. Like, are, are we really seeking after him? Are we really loving him with all of our heart and all of our soul and mind and strength? Or are we not? You yeah. know, are we holding stuff back from him? Mm-hmm. Um, are we worshiping him? Are we bowing before him in every area of our life? And so worship tends to take on this, you know, well, worship was great today. You know, and what they mean is, hey, the music yeah. was yeah. cool. Wait, did the worship stop? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. but, you know, it's, it, words take on meanings and you, you know what somebody means, but then you just, you, you, you remind yourself and you remind people, what, what does this word really mean? How does it apply to my life? So, um. I, but I find myself wearing lots of different hats yeah. in this job, which really isn't a job. You know, like it doesn't feel like work. It just, yeah. Well, I really appreciate that. You know, so it seems, I should say it seems because this is the only church I really ever have gone to. But it just seems like when it comes to worship pastors, it seems like sometimes you can get the guy who's too big for the hospital visits, Mm -hmm. you know, all I do is sing Mm -hmm. type of thing. And I really appreciate your heart on that. One of the things about you that encourages me more than anything is how you show up every Sunday night to, you know, lead the band Mm -hmm. and and youth group because, you know, know, youth group, you know, sometimes can get kind of pushed to the wayside at some Mm -hmm. churches. But if you're at Northwest any amount of time, you know, youth group here is one of our most yeah. important priorities and just having you there on a Sunday night. It's like this guy yeah. loves well, this here's ministry. The cool thing about that. Um, and this is what I'm excited about, especially this, this year. Um, so this year I feel like we're getting some traction with like, and it's being, it's becoming more common to have kids up on that stage yeah. in the velocity room. Mm-hmm. Like this is, really kind of year three now of having more of a kid presence. I mean, for a while it was, it was adults leading velocity from the stage. You know, it was adults in the band. And now here we are, you know, and we're, and we're identifying and trying to cultivate musical talent within Mm -hmm. the youth group. But the cool thing is, is that I lead in there and then I come and lead in here and they get to see me in there. Right. And they get to know me, and not, so there's a connection, there's a bridging of the gap between that stage and that stage. And now, I can start using some of our talented youth singers and, and, and players in quote unquote big church right. on Sunday yeah. morning. Yeah, that's and so sweet. I'm excited about how I'm able to help develop young worshipers, mm-hmm. musicians, and singers in the kingdom, and put them in positions when the time's right and when, when they are ready, spiritually ready. And when they are musically ready, my son was up there a few weeks ago playing drums. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome. And you'll see him more. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like to say he's been paying his dues over in velocity (laughs) and now, but, but he's, he has just really developed and he's, he's, he's just really, loving the Lord more and more each day. And, and, um, but just to see the youth be involved in Sunday morning is, uh, is going to be, I think you'll start to see more of that in, in this year and the coming years. 
Yeah. If, if, if I have anything I'm seeing it. it. Yeah. I've been in Power Velocity for, this will be my fourth year. And yeah. I've seen that. And for all of our listeners, you know, the church that we go to Northwest, one of the things they focus on is the transition from, you know, the, the kids ministry to the youth ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, the handing off is just as important as the ministry itself. And so I know exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about that transition from, you know, the way they serve in that ministry to how they could potentially serve in, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote, big church. Yeah. And, you know, that's in Velocity, uh, the youth group that we all serve in, you know, we're handing off responsibility to students more and more because we want to teach them how to act and serve within the church and how they can serve, you know, their peers and serve the Lord in that manner too. So it's not just come sit and then go home. We're trying to get them as activated as possible Mm -hmm. into whatever ministry. And a lot of our youth students serve in the kids ministry, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. You don't really see that. Yeah. Well, and the, the balance that, that I I think, I don't want to say we're still trying to strike, but, but the balance that is important to keep in mind is that, like it, it's, I think it's really easy for for kids to um, to be encouraged to like you know be involved in church, serve in church, but then to use that almost as an excuse to get out of like going to quote unquote boring big church because mm. you do have to you know it, it it's it's different than you know youth group is. So I think that's definitely like an important balance to strike. But you know, I think like being able to teach kids and teens like that, like the importance of investing in your church and not just having this like give me give me attitude um but also just having a servant heart in that yeah like you said it's it's sweet well we're kind of coming up on time guys i want to go back just for this last question kind of back to the beginning um i'm gonna have a guilty confession here um because a lot of people who listen to this don't really know (laughs) me but i love country music (laughs) and so right now one of my favorite uh, artist is his name's Luke Combs. So I just want to ask you point blank, you know, if you still listen to country music, who's your favorite country artist of all time? Okay. Um, <laughs> you seem like a Blake Shelton kind yeah, of guy. We're gonna land. We're gonna <laughs> land this on a on a on a, a comfortable, easy note. Well, I don't know. It depends on how much you like modern country music because I have a love hate relationship now with country music. Um, Detail. I this I, is the uncut version. This yeah. was not on the notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Country music for me isn't country music anymore. Okay. Um, it's called country music, but it just, it lost its way. And it hasn't. because you quit? It hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're the reason country music has failed. Uh, Touche. <laughs> that was, that was good. I, I, um, man, if that's the truth, then they're in more trouble than they. You might be getting some emails from our listeners who are avid country fans. Well, well hey. Of the old stuff anyway. <laughs> I, um. Yeah, so for me, um, by the time the early two thousands hit, um, it was it was it was it had already strayed. Um, I just I think country music for me, yeah, yeah. It's I'm a George Strait, Alan Jackson, Keith Whitley. Um, I'll even go I'll even go to Merle Haggard. Um, when it was when it was fiddle and steel guitar driven and um that's that's where i yeah i mean the 90s were great um because country was still country a little you know and then but then i love garth brooks i'm just saying he was the he was the he was the turning point 
and and the and the record labels in Nashville said we can cross this thing over, and when we do, cha-ching, and and lots of you know and and since Garth, it's just been country, just kind of it 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 didn't abandon its roots, it just it just changed into something that it wasn't, yeah. um, and. Um, I, I I can't listen too much modern country. Um, it just saddens me. Um, <laughs> it's not <laughs> It saddens me, but uh, yeah, because you have to. For me, you have to listen through too much fluff to get good stuff. And it used to be, man, it was just firing on all cylinders. I mean, you had Mark Chestnut, and you had Alan Jackson, and you had. Clint Black and I mean the steel guitar that's a signature steel like tell me a signature steel guitar riff in the past 20 years you can't do it because steel guitars are just padding chords in the background and you know man tell me a tell me a fiddle lead fiddle part that just defines a song and you can't do it you gotta go back Mm to the 90s I know exactly what you're talking about I struggle with that too to some extent with country music yeah but i'm not to the point where yeah. you're at where i can't listen to I, oh, there's a lot of it i can't listen to i yeah. will say i'm a bit of a purist when it comes to country music I'm yeah that's just, fair it's i'm from texas and i i born and raised and um and george Strait is the king and um that's just the way it is and hey that's how it's got to be yeah. there it is on yeah. the record yeah, yeah. we've got it on the record man <laughs> yeah he's he's well the king of country music, I should yeah. say. We all know who the king is. Okay. Amen. Um, but you asked, and so yeah, I, hey, I wanted, I, I wanted the raw, uncensored answer. Kelly, yeah. Last night, Kelly said, "Asked and answered to me." <laughs> That's just kind of the. Well, Corby, I want to thank you so much for sure. coming on the show, man. I Enjoyed think that it. this was a great conversation, and I just. Once again, man, I just appreciate your role in, in our lives as our worship pastor. Thank you, man. And uh, I, I hope that this, for our listeners, has been beneficial too. Just kind of hearing the heart of a worship pastor. And as we've been talking about worship, just getting it from the source himself of, you know, hey, worship's not just the Sunday morning singing, it goes mm-hmm. so much further beyond that. Um, you can find the Passionate Pursuit podcast on Spotify and iTunes. You can find us on Instagram at passionate.pursuit.podcast. But we're going to throw our guy Corby LaCroix out there. You can find him on Instagram too at corby.lacroix. And you can find his music on YouTube as well. That's Corby LaCroix, L-A-C-R-O-I-X. It's like the, the, the fruity sparkling water. Exactly <laughs> like the fruity, fruity sparkling yes. water. So. If you know how to spell that, you got my last name. You got it. Well, guys, thanks again for tuning in the show. We're going to be back next week. In case you'll be back with us again next week as well. I'll be here, guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.